0: Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered with your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman.
1: Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. Of course, I'm your heart-centered sales leader and host, Connie Whitman. Thanks for joining us today. Now I hope every week as you tune in, number one, you feel my bit mission that the word sales, we are going to create this loving, kind, amazing feeling instead of that icky, pushy, obnoxious kind of vibe. So that's number one. Number two, to help you navigate or at Maybe even just change your mindset so that you do approach sales from this place of love, care, and respect. I have my free gift for you, which is my free communication style assessment. It tells you your natural communication style, and it will also give you insight into your buyer's natural communication style. So go to my website, whitmanassos.com slash CSA for communication style assessment, my free gift to you. I hope it helps you understand your clients, maybe just a little bit more easier so that it just uh, paves the way to an amazing, loving conversation with your prospects and clients. Uh, Today, my motivational quote is by Anis Ni, and Anis says... My ideas usually come not at my desk writing, but in the midst of living. So how important do you think it is um, to be labeled as an expert in your field? And is the book the only way perhaps to gain that type of authority? And does this type of status and recognition help with lead generation business and sales growth so today of course i have an amazing expert where we're going to dig in and talk about this topic juliette clark back for the second time on the show is a dynamic and sought after speaker and podcaster who has spent the last 20 years helping authors coaches coaches speakers and small businesses all over the world big expert platforms now, corporate companies, startups, authors, and speakers worldwide have benefited from Julia's unique and massively effective method of mastering lead generation and qualification for expert status. Her podcast, Promote, Profit, Publish, helps listeners understand how to use great tools in the coaching and small business space. So please help me welcome Juliet to the show. Thank you for being on, my friend.
2: Thank you for be- for having me again.
1: Yes. Well, we had such a great conversation last time. It was like, okay, so we have to do this again. <laughs> I agree. Yes. So why? let's start with with writing a book, right? It is important. We see more and more business owners and really businesses in general writing more books. Why do authors need to be aware of maybe the importance of writing book, but also emotionally what happens during that publishing process? Because this is our baby, right, when we write a book. So there's a lot of heart and, and soul that goes into it. So talk about those two aspects of writing a book
2: well uh, yes so first of all the book um there are a lot of authors who write the book to get more business. And in, in the world that I work in, you should be that expert first and then write the book. Sometimes you can write that book too soon and it really doesn't serve you to not have that whole plan, how you're going to integrate it into the business. What happens during the publishing process is sort of amazing. So you've been this really powerful leader, you've written a book, you're confident about your ideas, and then People get imposter syndrome so badly. Um, are they going to read it? Is it good enough? Am I good enough? Am I an expert? It's kind of—it's um, <laughs> it, it, sad sometimes to watch these people, you know, go, just kind of move into puddles. So, um, I think the biggest thing I could say about the publishing—that publishing, publishing end—is be aware that this roller coaster of emotions is going to happen. And, you know, this may be your growth period. I I always feel like when people write a book, they grow a lot because, you know, there are things that come up. Um, I'm a believer that writer's block is caused by, you know, your creator or whoever your higher power is saying, I'm going to let you write this amazing book, but you're going to grow in order to finish it. So, um, that the whole process writing the book and publishing is really gross.
1: Yeah, and I, well, I'll speak for my own experience. Last year with COVID, right? I, I had a book on the shelf, took it off, dusted it, dusted it off, and said, "All right, let's revamp it a little bit to you know fit what I'm doing now." And I remember going through the editing process where she, you know, she didn't like stories and said, "You're not making your point." I was like, "Yes, I am. You're not reading it right, right?" So this whole defense isn't that funny, but I was like yeah. defensive, like I know what I'm saying, but the problem is the reader wouldn't understand it. So mm-hmm. the editor that relationship was really kind of an important relationship as well. And you you got to park your ego and your feelings at the door because you want your creation to be impactful, not a dud. So you have to listen to the advice of experts like yourself and editors and the whole publishing process. The other thing I'm, gonna, I'm giggling I wanted to co- comment on was the imposter syndrome. So we have neighbors oh. we have a shore house on the Jersey Shore and neighbor across the lagoon, across the water. Um, he it was sales his whole career. So published the book last summer, we were down and they came over to have, you know, a cocktail with us and hang out a little bit. And he said, Oh, so he had to take his dad to the hospital. And he said, I I read your book. And, and I I swear to God, Juliet, I was like, you did like, why, why did you read my book? Right. And he was in sales. And so he said, uh, because you published it and it was about sales and that's my world. And I'm like, oh like, thank you so much. Like it was so odd to have someone come to me to say they read the book. And this was the coolest piece of it. Of course, you write personal stories in your book to to mm-hmm. to ground the content or topic or whatever and share your blunders as well as your successes through the book. And he said, I didn't know this, 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 and this about you. That was fascinating. And how did you handle that? We had this amazing conversation about the content of my book with someone i knew fairly well so Uh it's yeah it's like those moments of like why'd you read the book and then oh thank you for reading the book right so it truly is an emotional roller coaster i like how you position that and how we you know own your greatness it's not always so darn easy to do right it, it's not.
2: Um, I actually was just on vacation and I was telling people the story of my first book. I wrote mystery novels and I killed my ex husband in it. Uh, divorce, you know, it, it was just the thing to do. Well, my ex husband was at the table and everybody's like, I want to read that. And I was like, Yeah, they were really crappy mystery novels that I made a lot of money on. And they're like, I want to read it. And I was like, Why?
1: <laughs> it's we who we are, right? And that ne- we all have that negative record player, even when you do create something amazing and successful, right? I want to read that book just because you killed your ex-husband. I think that's <laughs> fascinating. And I think cool for him that he was at the table and, you know, got a chuckle out of it as well. So he was a good yeah. sport. So that's like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. What, what is important about the launch? Because this is really critical for the success of the book, I think. And really that launch, what, how does it supercharge getting to to that number one and the value of that?
2: So I think one of the things that, that I see over and over and uh, our company has a lot of criteria for taking your book, even though it's self-publishing, is what is the message and how are you going to use it for your business? Uh, we're not really in the business of taking one-off books. So that launch what we, the first thing we talk about is that you thoroughly understand that that book, that launch is pivotal in book sales and awareness, but there is a long-term plan that you have to have for the book. The book is not your money maker in the sense that when people come and they say, what kind of ROI am I gonna get? from this publishing deal. And I tell them point blank, you probably will not make your money back on what you're going to spend to publish this book and the launch. Where you will make your money is what that long-term plan is. So um, I think that's the first thing to understand about a launch is it's bringing an audience together and and this is your low barrier entry level product into your funnel. So anybody in your audience who can't afford a program, product or service today, they probably can afford the $20 to your book. And you have to understand that, but also getting that to number one, understanding where you want to get it to number one and what kind of numbers you need to get it to number one. So I have a lot of people who come and say, I wanna be a New York Times bestseller. Well, your platform needs to be extraordinary and you need to sell probably 30 to 50,000 books in a week. Most people can't do that. Yes, yes. what What is the next step? Is it a USA Today? Is it a Wall Street Journal? That takes an extraordinary amount too, not nearly as much as the New York Times, but it does take quite a few. So is Amazon okay? Is, you know, and where where do you wanna go? And then the where do you wanna go, most people launch a book and they never sell another book again. So that long-term plan is really, really important. And for most of our people, we have that quiz that's been the audience builder, and that book, Becomes the thank you page so that you can take people from that quiz into the thank you page and keep yourself on page one of Amazon because if your book isn't on page one consistently, people probably aren't buying it. So you know what are those strategies we can do to keep
1: it there yeah and, and, and it's funny the long term plan, I think we think oh, did it check off the box, but how yeah. is it and that's silly because you put all this effort, you spent this money right it's time and money any any effort that we put out there, especially publishing a book so what is the, how, what's the arc right what is the usage long term of in this case we're talking about the book so an example, my book I had my ten week master class that's spun off of that. And that's really where the ROI come, starts, right? The, the book itself mm-hmm. is, you know, 16 bucks or whatever it is, six bucks on Kindle. And then the money comes with the masterclass. And then really people hire you even further for one-on-one coaching and other um, upsells from there. So it, I, I think that's so important that strategically you guide the author about what, like, what is really the purpose of writing this book, but how can you leverage the book for long-term revenue generation, not, necessarily the book being the, right. the, the money maker. So I think that's just really important. And you know what's funny Juliet? I, I don't know that especially new authors we're, we're good at business. That whole world of author and publishing, oh, it's another whole dynamic of learning and skill sets that we need get. We need people like you to help us navigate because it's, there's just too much to do. So self-publishing and putting yourself on Amazon we can all do that but what are you doing with it? And I think that strategic partner like yourself is that missing piece that we're leaving money on the table, which as a sales expert, my head wants to explode. We should, everything we do, right? It's time and money. What is the return on the investment? What is the return on what I'm giving my clients, right? Because for me, it's always about the client journey as well. So there, all of these pieces of the puzzle, you are the strategic person to help navigate. So I think that's really important message. I just wanted to make sure everybody understood that.
2: Yeah, that definitely is. I'll give you a great example. Uh, We have a book book launch party on Sunday for uh, Dr. Nan Nelson, and this will probably publish after that. But she has, this is her fifth book, and she's been with other publishers four times. This time, we are having the launch party. We've done a bestseller campaign. The minute the invites went out for the launch party, she hit number one because there were people in that list who said oh my gosh nan i haven't seen you in years i can't make the party but i'm going to start clicking now and we have we have a methodology so that people actually open those invites so she has spent uh, awesome. you know this is going to be this this party on sunday will be her 3rd shot at number one because she keeps hitting from those people opening invites and you know then the the launch party is actually going to be this weekend and we will get another round with number one so it's really that whole planning process to keep you up there
1: and good for her (laughs) that that well good for you right with the guidance piece of that she's engaging that people are excited that she's bringing another book to the market as well so her engagement and, and obviously her level of expertise is there as well well. that she, It's about leveraging, right? It's, it's owning our greatness and leveraging that and having people like you support that. That's awesome. I'm happy she chose you after four other publishing um, platforms.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's been an experience. Uh, we, with The way we designed this too, people are actually finding out that she wrote those other four books. Love it. Because they're related to what she's doing. So, you know, I know one of the guys said, I just bought your book, I can't go to the party. But that page I landed on, she, he bought a couple of the other books too. Oh. He had no idea. Um, what was really exciting is she connected with an old friend who was doing something different now and he bought 30 books on the spot. He said, I'm going to use these as a training guide oh. for my students. So, you know, you just never know what's going to come out of that.
1: I love it. It's exposure. It's right. It's always yeah. about exposure. Yeah. What should authors expect after the launch? Like Sunday, you're doing this launch for for the, um, the the woman. And how can they prepare in advance? Because the launch is big. It's It's a lot of. Uh, time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy that you need to bring to the table on those lunch days.
2: Mm -hmm. So um, the expectation, that's where there needs to be a plan in advance what you're going to do. I'll give you an example. Uh, We have one author who he uses the book as a teaser for his workshops. He has workshops every month, very successful workshops, usually about 100 people show up every month and then he sells them into bigger programs. So what is that next step? Do you have where where's that money maker in all of this? Because remember the book is not really the money maker, it's the Hey, I'm here. So, um, you know, what is that next step? Do you have a workshop? Do you have something bigger that you lead those people into? And that's where you can actually sell more books to the people who may not be able to afford that bigger ticket item. But now they've read it. They've got your personality. They understand that they have some gaps and that, you know, they're coming back and looking at when they can afford that thing that you have that they need.
1: It's funny uh, when I published last year. I, you know, I was on a lot of podcasts. I was a lot spoke at a lot of summits, especially COVID virtual. It was so easy to get on all of these platforms. Um, again, because I have I have a pretty big network. So I was speaking. I was speaking, and two people that joined my masterclass this year. Of course, I always ask, "Oh, how'd you find me? You know, how long have you been following me?" And they said, "Last year, heard me speak about the book, bought the book. You know, started following me, my podcasts, subscribed to my email list, right? What is Connie up to? And then when I ran the workshop to get people into the masterclass, they were on, they, they immediately signed up for the workshop and then they immediately signed up to be part of the masterclass. So it's, it's that nurturing sequence where people really get to know you. And the cool thing was, and, and both these women that I had never met before, a couple of other people knew me that were in the class, but these two women I had never met before. And they said, it was like every time they saw me speak, or every time they uh, listened to a podcast or when they read the book, it, they said it felt like I was talking to them. So clearly they were my right target market because I, I spoke from a place that I knew how they felt. I, I understood what their, um, issues were or struggles, right? Really? It's a struggles with that's a whole sales conversation. And then I had the solution, but they, it's that like, no trust factor. And I think the book is a really nice place to start because you do tell those personal stories. Plus they get to see your strategies and ideas and you know what your solutions really are and will they serve them. So the book is just such a nice entry point. I think that's inexpensive for people to connect and get to know you. So yeah, it is, it's definitely an authority builder, even if you had the authority before, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing about a book is when it's written in the way you talk, the way that you, you work in your business, there are hundreds of people who do what I do but when people read you know pitch-slapped or for you when people read your book they they feel that resonance like yeah. you're their people yeah. and for those big guys out there who won't even have a conversation with you you're having a conversation with the sales team it's intimate it's connective. anybody who reads my books know knows that I'm an action person so if if you're someone who action feels intimidating you're probably not going to work with me. So it really yes. is that thing that can either make, I don't want to say make you or break you, but it's that, it's that intimacy where they feel your personality. They feel that you're caring. They feel it, it, it's just a much better way when it's written. That's what I love when, when people write their own books, instead of ghostwriting, it's in their voice. It's the way they talk. It's the, you know, people get them.
1: Uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah, I agree with that. And it's funny you said make or break, but this is really how I feel, Juliet, in in business. If, if I'm the right person to lead you to make more money in your business, your career, whatever it is from, you know, to improve those sales skills. I love it. That's wonderful. If you feel uncomfortable with what I'm writing, then I'm not the right person Maybe. for you. And that's okay. There's somebody else out there who is that will resonate more with you. Because we, everybody can't love us and and think that we're the best things that slice bread. So that make or break, I think it's important because it gives people... A, In a low entry point where they're not spending a lot of money to think, oh, she is not for me. And that's okay too, because I don't you, you too. Right. We don't want to work with people who don't get us because we're not going to get them then. And then that's just not for a good relationship, in my opinion. Right.
2: That is so true. And that's probably one of the biggest lessons I learned in sales was um, now I'm to the point where, you know what, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I don't have a big, you know, I I feel like once you're in the stage where you're convincing someone to hire you, you've already lost. If you have to convince someone, they're probably not for you.
1: That's right. That's the icky sl- sales that we're all wow. used to that every, you know, you're always closing, you know, gl- gl- I think that was from, uh,
2: always be closing. Uh, was that Glenn, Carrie, Glenn, Glenn,
1: oh my God. Like to me, oh my God that's a horrible thing to say right always be closing make sure that you, they get no three times oh, so you walk away feeling like a sleazoid right to me that's right. horrifying and uh, agree I'm clearly not the right person if I have to persuade you to work with me just by me being me us having our conversation getting to know each other me making recommendations and you thinking oh she's speaking my language they're the people I want to work with right because that's what's going to mm-hmm. resonate with me then we could have fun we can really dig in we can be intimate not in a weird way, um, but really move the needle uh, for the person as well. As an author, what do you think the biggest, you know, because you deal with authors obviously all the time, what is the biggest misconceptions that new authors have that you kind of have to help them navigate?
2: Kevin Costner's field of dreams. If you build it, they will come and just not true. You are not going to own the island next to Richard Branson from your book. It is what (laughs) you do with the book that will make you money. Yeah. How do
1: authors respond when, because... you know, I know for me too. With my clients, like they come in with this huge expectation, and you're like, "Whoa, doggy!" Let's let's peel this back a little bit and and come back from a reality standpoint of what the expectation is, what the process is, and really, really what real reality looks like. Not this, you know, I wanted island next to Branson, right? So, how, what what are the biggest pushbacks? Maybe you get from authors, or do they buy in pretty quickly?
2: Um, You know what? So uh, it's sort of mixed. Uh, Most people will buy in very quickly and they will thank me for being truthful. So that, that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing I get when people hire me or I actually am a little lazy with sales and marketing because I have a 95% referral rate. I love it. I get most of my clients from other people because I, I started out this business as a truth teller. I got into this business because I had been lied to. I'd been, um, I was in traditional publishing. I self published my first book and I was appalled at the model the things they told people, the, the things they offered to pay for like it was horrible. And so I've always been a truth teller in the industry. And then I will get other people who are in kind of airy fairyland and, you know, they they don't usually tell me, you know, you're wrong. They just Go someplace else. So it doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. That's why I, I end up with a lot of people who work hard. I, I would say all of my authors in the last two three years they're hard workers. They do what I tell them. Uh, if they don't, if they don't, if they can't for some reason do what I tell them. Um, just like emotionally, it doesn't feel good, then we'll find a workaround because everything has to be authentic.
1: Yeah, I agree. But for
2: the most part, it is a okay, I understand that this money I'm about to spend, that I have to have a plan to get it back. So most of them do.
1: Yeah, and, and you just said something that I think is important, too. So every client is in cookie cutter. Your process is your process, but how people navigate and fit through that process, you allow them to be them. Did I understand that correctly?
2: Yes. Yeah, so... I- You know there are some people who they don't have content so I have to put out you need content then we have that discussion Um, you know is it a podcast is it you know what what is it what's going to be your lead gen what feels good are you out speaking so we go through a lot of that because we want to grab the low hanging fruit of course but we also want to build a platform that that brings new people in and there are things that are super comfortable for some people that other people are like no so, you know, some people I'll mention a webinar and they'll be like, oh, I'm never going to do a webinar. Mollins um, Fenson, who was Jane Fonda's personal trainer, she had a whole series. She was selling, a, you know, an online exercise program. A webinar was perfect for her. She engaged some people who are an expert in it because I'm not a marketing team and and. That was great for her. Um, We have other people who a podcast is better because they don't have a lot of time. So, you know, we send them off to our podcast people to engage and and get that done. So it just depends on what you're comfortable with. Uh, You and I go out and we speak publicly a lot. Some people aren't there yet with it. So, you know, we have to come up with what's comfortable. Uh, I love
1: it because we're all on a journey and, you you know I am hitting my I just hit my 200th episode with the my other podcast Enlightenment of Chan. I know is that exciting and 23 countries I shared them in 23 countries and that's so amazing but when I started my podcast you know uh, a lot of that happened right and you know finding guests was such a challenge now I'm referred people all the time that and I have amazing content but I don't even try anymore. But you didn't start there, right? So I I think that's so important that... You you have the process right. You you set the expectations. You come up with the plan, but the plan is truly organized to support where the person is, because uh-huh. that's the worst thing you can do. Is well, you can, you got to speak. If you if you don't speak, you know nobody's going to find you. And the person is so uncomfortable speaking, it could actually be a detriment and lose sales for them. I would imagine.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. Another thing that we do a lot is. um I feel like brand new entrepreneurs get really sucked into this digital marketing and yeah. they spend 20, 30, $40,000 on it. And I feel like when you're selling a big ticket product that your, your sales is human to human. Agreed. So I, what a lot of what we do is the Sherpa being a Sherpa to people that can help them get to the next level with reasonable expense and good people who are not the hype. I feel like the big heavy hitters out there are not always um, they are great marketers, but they're not great deliverers. And and you really need someone to hold your hand at the beginning. So I feel like we're sort of a Sherpa in that sense, too, about, you know, they'll bring me somebody and I'll say, yeah, stay away. Or you know, yeah, that seems. Or I'll refer them to people who are good players. So in 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 that sense, I feel like we save people a lot of money, time, and heartache too with their business.
1: Yeah, and and it's sad because. You know business owners who are trying to write a book or do this digital platform that was me last year i didn 't know anything Juliet. It was a huge learning curve, and the amount of time I spent to just figure out what was right for me, for my business for my clients um, it was it was hard it was a hard year, and emotionally exhausting you know physically um, mentally, the effort that had to be put out is um yeah, so we, you got to find the right vendor to help you figure out what the right thing is for you to bring to market. So Mm -hmm. if I'm hearing you right, you really have a team of people. Is your background marketing? You're you're talking a lot of marketing language for me. I
2: actually went from traditional publishing to advertising. I worked at Shia Day on a billion dollar account. So I think that's where I sort of have this unique uh, background that that helps me with both areas of the publishing and the marketing. So um, I I get a lot of uh, people bring me publishing contracts all the time, like explain this to me in publishing language. And should I sign it? And you'd be amazed what's in some of those publishing contracts that when you sign it, there's some ugly stuff in there.
1: And see, you don't know what you don't know because mm-hmm. it really is. And again, talking from experience, there's so much gibberish you're reading. And I'm like, I don't even know what that word means. Like what, let alone, the, you know, the context within a contract or whatever from a learning standpoint, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's an uphill battle at times. Do you have an actual team or a group of people that, that you just trust and know? So if somebody does need the marketing, they can go to the marketing if it's the podcast that they really that should be the platform where they kind of start do you have people you trust in that podcast space that can guide and and educate and get the the author there
2: absolutely absolutely Uh, I send a lot of people to the podcast company that I use because I literally record I upload it and you know they write the blog they I mean they do everything I don't I post it that's it it's, it's done, it's transcribed, it's you know, uploaded to Apple and Roku and YouTube. And I have a YouTube channel I don't even know how to get into. <laughs> so, um, so, and I figure that so many people out there, that's the number one thing I hear when I say you need content, is they'll say to me, I don't have time. And so, you know, I do have a trusted partner there that I send people to. I have a trusted partner that I send people to for uh, courses. You know, I'm I'm not an expert on how to put courses together, so I have a trusted partner there. So, you know, there are different pieces when people bring me the book and they don't have that next step, then I have to introduce them to people. We need to get that next step in place for you to be successful. So yeah. we do I do have a lot of trusted referral partners.
1: And see that's the other thing, Juliet. I think that's important. Important. You know, my philosophy, when you're with a client, three things happen, right? You're the perfect fit. And the client's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get this rocking and rolling now today. The second one is you're not ready for me. So as you meet people, right. you think, okay, yes, I can help you you need to do these three other things first and then on the next piece of the puzzle, but let's not start yet. So you stay in contact, you nurture them, right. And you help them with those other pieces of the puzzle. And then the third one is I'm not really what you need. You're kind of past me or I'm just not the right person. You need to meet the podcast person or you need to meet the person for the course creator. So I, I think that's really, it's really important to have those trusted advisors that you they're tried and true for you because it's your reputation like I know when I refer a partner that's my reputation that I've built in 39 years I can't bring someone to the table or refer them if they're going to even you know put a blemish on my reputation so I love that too because I have my peeps as well that you know it's like oh my god I have the perfect person for you and there's enthusiasm and love that comes through that referral right because you, yeah. they are trusted advisors in your own world so yeah I love that that's That's so important. I I just wanted to make sure I understood what you were saying.
2: Yeah. And I think that that piece there builds trust as well. When When you're able to, you know, not look at the sale at hand this minute and say, you know what? you're not ready for me you need to go here first instead of saying oh I'll try to do that even though it's outside of my zone of genius and I know every time I've tried to do something out of my zone of genius it hasn't turned out well so I think that those were the lessons that it's like this is what I do this is what I do really well if this is not what you need then let's get you to somebody that can help you
1: yeah we stay in our lane right Julie <laughs> we yeah. still, I love that commercial stay in your lane right we do that really well well it's funny because everybody's like oh marketing and sales And I always correct them. No, marketing is a very different animal than sales. I'm really good at sales. Please don't ask me to do anything in marketing. Please don't (laughs) ask me to write copy. I hire people to do that, right? So again, stay in your lane. I think that's really important. Agree 100%. We're out of time. I want to share, everybody, please, please, if you're even contemplating writing a book, Juliet is just a master at getting you on the right course right out of the gate, so you save yourself a, a ton of uh, money time, but really angst and emotional just ugh like what 's the next thing for me? She is an expert I love her she 's one of my peeps, so I highly recommend have a conversation honestly, even if it 's just a thought right now she can uh, Juliet can really get you um, in the right. You know, I, I say the right church, right pew. She can not only get you in the right church, but find the first pew you should be in. So um, meet, go, uh, connect with Juliet on her, her email is Juliet at com. Check out her website if you're intrigued and go to superbrandpublishing.com. Any last words of wisdom, Juliet, for the listeners?
2: No. We covered so much. I know.
1: Here's here's my word of it. Just do it. don't be afraid to get published. Don't be afraid to speak. Don't be afraid to get on podcasts. Don't be don't be afraid when in doubt. Just reach out to Juliet. Again, Juliet at Super Brands. I want to make sure I'm saying that. Superbrandspublishing.com. Have a conversation. What does it hurt? And again, I highly trust Juliet. So go for it. That's my word of advice. Go for it, right? Thank you. Thanks, Juliet. Thanks for being on. Um, thanks for sharing those stories. And just you know, a little pieces of the puzzle for people to understand. We don't always know what that next step is because we can't clearly see it. So somebody like you with the description today, I I think hopefully it made people think, well, wait a minute, maybe I do have a book in me or wait a minute. Maybe that really is the next step for me. So thank you so much for that clarity. I, I truly appreciate it. And I hope you will all join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together that being a heart-centered, and I'm going to use the word leader, take the word sales out for a moment, just being heart-centered in your approach to your business, your career, I think is really, really important. And I do hope my guests and I provide some just strategies and tips and ideas for you to just take your perspective from a very narrow perspective and open it up, even if it's just a smidge for you to think of what you thought was once impossible that maybe is now possible. Um, so again, Juliet, thank you so much, uh, for sharing your, your wealth of experience and knowledge. And thank you all for tuning in to the Heart Centered Sales Leader uh, podcast with me, your Heart Centered Sales Leader, Connie Whitman, and host on webtalkradio.net. I truly am honored to have you on this journey with me, and I do appreciate my guests and the wonderful content that they share with you guys. Um, and just tune in every week. I appreciate it, and I'll see you next week. I hope you have an inspired week where you change your perspective to maybe think about becoming an author. It's fun. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks, Julia.
0: You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.